0: hello everyone welcome to another episode with jamie and me sabina this is our last episode real last episode for this year of 2021 we will have a little bonus for you at the end of the year Um, so stay tuned for that until now we have some exciting topics to talk about this year was heavy this year was completely different than any of the other ones. I think we are going to set ourselves up for the next year, which is a goal session, learning about ourselves, what we want to attract. And let's just get started. Hi, Jamie. Good morning uh, for me. Uh,
1: Aloha and good evening to you. Happy holidays. I cannot believe. I know we say this every year, and I think the older I get, the more cliche it becomes. But it's like, I can't believe it's already the end of the year. I mean, it happened so quickly. And so I'm really excited about this conversation to reflect and then also chat through setting myself up. I'll speak from a place of I. Setting myself up with um, what I want to create in 2022, which can seem like such an overwhelming Task We've talked about this, Sabina, and I talk about it with clients a lot. And so whether I'm in a space to think really broadly about topics and and dive into some really deep questions to understand where I am and where I want to go, and then, of course, create a strategy to get there, or if I actually need to start really small. And so I think we'll discover the answer today. There are a couple of things that I have that I want to be in the work of next year. And I think I might be a little bit of both, right? Ready to explore some broader, deeper questions and also start really tiny, so tiny that I cannot not do it every single day and be really consistent with it. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you.
0: Yeah, me too. And I think you said it in the beginning when you started talking, creating that strategy. I think a lot of us just miss setting up a strategy when you're trying to achieve a small or a big goal. And as bigger the goal, as more important the strategy is. So yeah, it's it's all about the strategy. And it has taken me a long time to understand that. I think we all get caught up in the magazines, the Instagram posts, the the TV shows and how you compare yourself to things you wanna have or things how you wanna look like or you imagine how nice it would would be to have that certain thing or this in your life or more money. But everybody who is having that I think has a strategy to get there if they're not naturally able to get it. And that's a big topic that me and Tanner are having right now is what are the big goals for 2027 or 2030? Thinking so far ahead, where do we see ourselves? And it really starts out with the really big questions of what do we want to leave behind for our kid? What kind of impact do I want to have at the end of the day? What really does make me happy and fills my cup to the rim and overflows and then the really small things is what can I do right now in order to get there so I think Jamie you did you do a lot of work with your clients on that too because that's the line of work you shows and you always look in a bird's perspective and you you see the whole picture and then you narrow it down and really tune in so maybe you can talk about yourself a little bit more or talk a little bit about your clients of what is the number one thing that everybody wants to come to you or what they want to achieve and what is the first thing you tell them to do? Hey, that's a juicy,
1: a juicy <laughs> springboard, Sabina. I didn't know you were going <laughs> to phrase it like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's so interesting to me, there's a statistic and it's, you know, something like 50% of adults in the United States, so in the U.S., make this new year's resolution, right? Like for whatever reason, January seems to be the ultimate reset. And you might, you know, just get through the holidays and say, okay, well, in January, I'll look for a new job or I'll start saving, or I'll take that vacation that's been on my bucket list that, you know, I've wanted to do started, start a new workout, whatever it is. We, our minds Tend to go into this motion of I'll wait till Monday, I'll wait till you know January first, and the there's beauty in that, right? A routine, a ritual. Um, every year, you create something. Sometimes people do it on their birthdays. I have clients who actually don't pay attention to the January first New Year resolution piece, but every year on their birthday, they have this ritual of. Reflecting on the previous year and then what do what they want to create in in the new year coming ahead for them. But regardless of when you start it, there's a history and a trend that, you know, for New Year's resolutions specifically, 50% of US adults make a New Year's resolution. And by March, the end of March, only 10%. Of those New Year's resolution makers are actually still in the work and on track to hit their goal. So it's not for lack of trying. It's not for a lack of telling your friends and family so that you have accountability partners. It's not, you know, you wouldn't make a goal and set, go through the work of understanding and being mindful of what you want and then purposefully not doing it right? So then the question becomes, why do 90% of the people who make those New Year's resolutions fall off the wagon? And in my work, what I've really come to understand is that a lot of times it's that super excited effort, right? You've, Done the work, maybe of being mindful. You come to this realization of something you really truly want. Maybe you do the wheel of life exercise. Maybe you do, you know, you create what's outside your circle. We've talked about this um, from, you know, thriving through the holidays, but you know everything you don't want. And therefore, you know exactly what you do want. And you're so excited and you buy the books and you buy the new workout clothes and you, whatever it is, the, the tools that you need to make it happen. And we're impatient and we, especially, we've talked a little bit about this with social media and I, you just touched on it a little bit too with the comparison piece, but we've become a society, in my opinion, of instant gratification. And I can totally say that from a place of eye because not necessarily because of social media or, or you know, technology necessarily, I have always been impatient, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot remember a time going back to like my earliest memory of, I think it was five, where there was not impatience in me. And so like, I can't blame it on technology. Maybe it's actually spurred me along a little bit, but, you know, we want it now. I am definitely one of those people. I make a decision, I know what I want. Okay, great. I'm in action. I am wanting it to be. Right now, like snap my fingers, use my witchy powers, whatever it is to blink, wiggle my nose like Samantha Stevens. And now it's happening. And that's not how it works. (laughs) And so, a lot of times, I think whether it's, you know, because there are common threads. You asked, what do people come to me the most for? A lot of times, it's dissatisfaction with career. And what I always say, because people will ask me, they're like, Okay it says on your website you're a leadership and development coach but like it also sounds like life coaching and i always laugh because it's it's true i wouldn't call myself a life coach necessarily and when you are coaching someone who wants more to be in that work of being a stand for themselves of course you have to coach the whole human <laughs> because it touches on everything and so the majority of people who come to me are in a space where they've had success in one facet of their life or another, whether it's career, um, you know, whether it's um, athletics, whether it's they have a really kick ass personal life and a beautiful family that they've dedicated themselves to. And now that their kids are a little bit older and their husbands or wives are, you know, um, Settled in their career path. They have a little bit of extra time and they're trying to figure out. Okay now What do I want to create that's just for me? Right, and so a lot of times it's not necessarily creating something out of nothing, but it's really understanding the successes that they've already Created for themselves and now looking at what's next what else what more do I want and and what am I willing to sacrifice for that as well? So, you know, you ask that question and I would say career, relationships, health. Those are probably the top three conversations that I have with my clients. And in everything, there is this sense of, okay, I'm determined. I've made up my mind. And now what? Right? There's a willingness but how do i even start? and i think a lot of times with these new year's resolutions and what my guess would be why 90% of the people who make these these resolutions and set these goals fall off before the end of, you know, april, march or april is because it's too much. There is there is too much to take on without a really solid strategy where you can check the boxes you know every single day if you are getting closer to your goal or if you're getting further away from your goal. And it's that, I might butcher it, bodies that are in motion tend to stay in motion, Mm -hmm. right? So the law of physics, and it's so easy to skip a day or things come up Um, You get sick, you go on vacation, Um, there's a huge project at work that's consuming all of your brain power, whatever it is, right? We all have those things that are so easy for us to fall out of the habit. And so having that really strong strategy of things that it is so easy for me to do this every single day that it's impossible for me not to do this. So, So it's not wrong or bad wherever you are. But if that feels overwhelming, if that feels daunting, you know you want to make a change and you just don't know where to start, I would say the work that you can be in is setting absurdly small goals. What is something you can do right now, this minute, today, and something that you can be consistent with because it's so easy and so small that you can just build upon it and be 1% better every day. Yeah, Um, It's slow going. It can be frustrating in that. And I think there's a really beautiful power to it.
0: Right. It's the process, right? Understanding the process of what I think there's a couple of questions you need to ask yourself first, how to even start I think number one is what kind of goal setter are you? Are you the person that wants to go cold turkey and just do it all at once and you know you can stick with it for a year or even let it fade out then once you reach that goal? Or are you someone that really is like extremely busy, cannot has already a busy lifestyle, family, job, career, whatever it is, And you cannot give yourself those two hours of working out every day or three times a week. Like, how can you find the perfect fit for yourself? I think that's a thing you first need to figure that out. And around that, you can build your strategy. And now I'm just saying I'm really making myself a priority. I'm scheduling my workouts into the calendar it is communicated an alliance with my husband's schedule so he knows what's going on and can support me in that and the other way around that we're making time for each other or for ourselves but with each other <laughs> this way i get to go to the gym twice a week it's not what i want i want to go a lot more but observing the situation i'm in it is just not possible to go more often but i know retrospect, it's already better than what it looked like two months ago because I didn't do anything. So that's a win. And I mentioned that before. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions just because I believe in small changes. I do that with my clients and we'd see long-time results, but I also see it... Oh, now I've missed the trail. <laughs> now I've missed what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> well...
1: I mean, uh, that's that's mom brain,
0: right? <laughs> mom brain. Mom brain. But now so, I also see of like how I can just get to the to my goal because I know in like three months or four months, things have changed. Quinny has grown up a little bit. She might go to daycare longer. Um, summer is hitting again. Spring is hitting. So those two days a week will then turn into three and four. And I'm already improving things that nobody can see. improving my mental health I'm improving my overall mood I'm improving my eating habits because it is like you always talk about a small snowball runs into an avalanche and it is just those small effects that just have this big effect at the long run and that's what we're here for to just give you a couple of food for thought (laughs) starters I said it right this time (laughs) And just to, yeah, to just let you know that it is possible, whatever it is, just trickle down that really, really major event to maybe something really small. And there's some great books out there, but quite honestly, if you already have a a busy person, you don't have time to read those books. Uh, And I think you really touched on something when you were having your mom
1: brain moment that (laughs) it was good for me. Maybe I picked up up your missing idea. Um, Something it made me think of is that, you know, it can feel really exhilarating, I think, to dive in, right? To take that leap off and like cannonball into the swimming pool and make that huge splash right away. Where I think a lot of people then trail off is that, is that sustainable? especially the pandemic is still going on. I know nobody wants to hear or talk about it, but it's true. And that makes it really difficult because there are even more constraints than normal, right? So you talked about, um, it's not just your schedule and your work schedule or your child's schedule, but you also have to look at your partner's schedule. And for you running right now in Germany, it gets dark so early it's freezing cold i know you love to run outside i know you've also started the gym so i'm assuming there's treadmills there but there are constraints around all of those things now we actually add in covid-19 and extra things where like maybe your gym is closed um you know where where you would normally have a routine there are extra roadblocks and so with this piece of Again, while it can feel really, really exciting and really powerful to just go cold turkey and, and dive in, um, I think as humans, what I've observed for myself and for my clients is that action items, creating your strategy around action items that leave you wanting more, right? So it might feel really good on your first day to go to the gym. Let's just use that fitness one, for example train every single body part to the full extent, run five miles on the treadmill, and then the next day you can't move. You are so sore that even if you wanted to go to the gym,
0: there's no fucking way you're going to go. You can't even sit on the toilet. I mean, that's what happens. I know. So
1: I think the thing from that perspective of – creating an exhilaration that is not necessarily zero to 60, but something where you're actually left wanting. This is a whole nother topic. Maybe we'll talk about it in season two, but the thrill of the chase or, you know, um, you know, there's like so many like rom-coms that are about this, like why men behave a certain way. Like as soon as they understand that the woman's interested in them,
0: they're like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll,
1: Not see you anymore
0: or whatever. (laughs) Maybe that's that's a podcast, but we should have the guys on it too, so that could be really fun. Oh yeah, I don't think Tanner's a chaser though, so you know this is a
1: sneak peek. But season two, we will have Tanner and Joe on the podcast to talk a little bit more about relationship pieces, and so I think that's actually going to be really fun. So that'll be kind of a Valentine's Day episode, but they they have not been fully enrolled yet yeah. so stay tuned for that um but but there's something really true for men and women it's not just men who are you know on the dating scene but i think there's something about us as humans that if we're left wanting more it continues to pique our interest if you go to the gym in that scenario, and instead of training all of your body parts to the point where you can't sit on the toilet or go to the gym or even like move for an entire week, what if you left the gym thinking like, ooh, I kind of want to hop on the treadmill, but you know what? Like that was, I feel good. I feel accomplished. I have endorphins. I'm going to go have a green shake, um, whatever it is you might wake up the next day like you're thinking about it like oh okay so tomorrow here's what i'm going to do right and so that's something i've really found with again myself and my clients that works is almost underachieving just slightly as you're setting up your strategy and your you you know whatever it is you know that you're going to be up to if you feel like you just slightly underachieved You're going to be ready to go and so excited the next time that it's, you know, time to put that action into place. You'll be able to be more consistent. And you'll, again, your interest will be peaked and you'll be excited to do it. And so it's a different kind of exhilaration, I think, that ultimately creates the sustainability when it comes to achieving larger goals.
0: And it takes practice, right? I know you you're an overachiever. I'm an overachiever. That's why we get along. We both super impatient people. And a lot of times it's really funny. We are we are knitted the same way and it's funny too to see our husbands. They are like very alike as well. <laughs> so so I know that that Tanner always complains about that I did too much. And I learned that a few years ago. Let's we keep talking about this fitness um example. When I had my coach who wrote the programs for me, the most important thing for her was, or for me too, to leave the gym with more energy, to have a better sleep, and wanting to come back the day after or the next day. And it just changed my mindset. And for a while it felt like I'm cheating. I'm going to the gym, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling sore. Um, I'm not super exhausted. I didn't broke like a crazy sweat. And i only been there for 45 minutes. What am I doing wrong? This is never going to work. And it worked so well. And I have to stop myself. I literally have to stop myself at about an hour to say, that's it. I'm done. I could do a lot more. I have a lot more energy, but I'm going to go. And it sometimes feels a little bit of a failure or like not doing enough. But when I go back the next day, I'm like, no, I'm fine. That's totally good because I'm here again. It's a practice and it's observing yourself and and learning to understand your body. And something that I lost my trail earlier is like with those big goals, too. I mean, everywhere there's commercials about it. There's posts about it. Everybody is doing this big life changing event and thing and posting about it and it's almost like a bandwagon right you want to jump on you want to be part of it everybody is doing it so it must be something great and something good or it's people that you admire online that are doing it or your friends are talking about it or your whatever it is find out for yourself if you can do that or not and it's totally fine to say nope I have things lined up all January. It's not possible for me, but I can start making small habits throughout January and maybe increase those habits in February. So start out like this and see where it takes you. Because the funny thing is, have you ever recognized that the people that make those big announcement of changing their lives in January, do they post something about their life-changing events again in March or in May? No, they don't talk about it anymore. Well... (laughs) You could guess the answer. Yeah.
1: I think that's a huge piece of it as well is the commitment. So, again, it's one thing to announce it in January and be very excited about it, right? There's no harm in that. And actually, I would argue that announcing it in that big way that feels really scary and vulnerable and, oh shit, I just put it on Instagram for everyone to see. Uh, My mom, my brother, my dentist, my best friend from elementary school that we don't really talk all all that time, but you know, we see each other on Instagram, all of those things, right? Like you've really announced it and there's something so courageous about that. And then there's also, to your point, if you do fall off or it doesn't go as planned or you went out of the gate like a shotgun and then fell off by Valentine's Day, then there, then the guilt comes in, potentially embarrassment, potentially... Maybe somebody does ask you about it and then you start to avoid that person because you don't want to then extend the vulnerability to say, hey, I actually need help with this or I need to take two because I was committed. I did buy the books. I did buy the running shoes. I did buy the how to create a kick-ass resume so that you get your dream job. Workbook, You know, whatever it is, whatever the goal is that you are focused on right now, um, there's all those other feelings. And then we start to attach feelings of being let down or negative feelings with goal setting. So then the next time we come around to set a goal, we bring that baggage with us as well. And so something... There's there's a ton of you know work that goes into this. And of course, to your point, um understanding and being mindful of what type of goal setter you are is is a huge part of the work. But there's an exercise that I've done and I've I've asked my clients to do, and it's actually to write a letter. And it's called Dear Future Self. So as part of the vision setting, and you can choose. Three months, six months, a year, you and Tanner are working on 2030, right? So eight years from now, what will the next, what will the next decade look like? But writing that letter to yourself, right? And that self already has all of the things that you want. That self has already been where you are and actually been successful and, and come making those goals come to fruition. And so by writing that letter to your future self, and it can be questions when this happened, how did you overcome it? It can be commitments. I'm committed to putting in the work and making it so that in 2030, I am you. When I read this letter, I have gotten there. I've arrived. I am you. And so there's just a power in it. It might feel woo woo. It might feel a bit dorky. You don't have to share it with anybody. Um, but there's something really powerful about connecting with your future self as you want that person to be that starts your brain getting into that space of problem solving, strategic thinking. Mm-hmm. How do I roadmap it? How do I get there? What's an activity that I could do to overcome this potential, you know uh, misstep, whatever it is? And you can ask also revisit that. So you can, one of the commitments you can make is to writing to your future self every three months, once a quarter, I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you posted, but keeping in tune with that vision in a way that you have created a buddy system almost that you're holding yourself accountable can be really, really powerful. So if you've never written a letter to your future self, I would encourage you to do it because it it unlocks some creativity and strategic thinking that otherwise seems so broad in scope and not based in reality. I'm going to do that.
0: Yeah, it's good. And there are so many ways of getting where you want to be, right? Like the future self letter is just a really, really great tool to think differently about it if you maybe don't want to ask those really big questions of, What do I leave behind when I'm not here anymore? Or how can I rebirth myself? Um, Those are just very deep questions of, you might not know the answer right now and you need that roadmap to get there, to even start that thought process, Um, even start doing something that's fulfilling to you and seems great and really big. And I think maybe if we can put it all together now of how we set goals, how you create your vision, the first steps to the last step. And I think we all agree on that now. You need a strategy.
1: Yeah, I would say like tying it all together, um, you know, we wanted to keep this episode um, shorter than normal because when we talk about goals, it's the end of the year It's everybody's busy, regardless of what holidays you celebrate. You know, it's the end of the fiscal year for most companies, you know, like all of these things come up. And so we intentionally are keeping this episode small, which is why we're going to wrap this up in a bow and potentially leave you wanting more so that you're excited to be in this work for yourself. Uh, But what I would say is, yeah, create that vision, whether and Again, mindfulness, knowing yourself. So whether it's the wheel of life exercise, whether it's having a really tough conversation with your partner to understand what your goals are as a a, uh, pair, whether it's writing this letter to your future self to get really clear on who he or she is what she's up to, what questions you need to ask, what commitments you would want to make. And then I think from there, you can really start to trickle back this strategy. So, you know, and you mentioned, Sabina, if you're patient, you should have small goals. If you're impatient, you really should have small goals. And I think, again, the mindfulness, you can you can make it a hybrid. Maybe you have certain areas in your strategy where you do go 110 miles per hour, right out of the gate. And that's what's needed. And then you start to implement those consistent <laughs> every day, you're 1% better, um, you know, achievable goals. And so when you're creating the strategy, and, and I'll post this when I, um, when this episode launches in on my Instagram, and it's also on my blog. But I think when you're creating a strategy, a couple of really easy questions to ask yourself is, What am I willing to start today, right now, this second? Um, What can I accomplish in 10 minutes? I always talk about this, but – and it's actually – I borrowed it from OTF, so Orange Theory, (laughs) Um, because in the bathrooms, it's like, you know, one hour is a certain – is like 1% of your day, right? Um, Anybody can do that. Like, are you willing to commit to it? So I like to break it down even further. What can I accomplish in 10 minutes? because anybody can find 10 minutes in their day every single day. So again, making it so impossible to
0: not do it. Like it's so easy. It's impossible to not do it. And you might have to put onto those 10 minutes, a sacrifice with it. 10 minutes less on Instagram.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. And from there, what can you do to become
1: 1% better every day? And what the the extra part of that that i like to ask is in 30 days from now if i am 1% better every day what does that feel like how will i look sound feel you know again depending on what your goal is your answers will be different but then on the flip side what will i feel like if i don't improve by 1% every single day so what's the cost of not being invested in being consistent in this in this work and then the bonus question i always ask is do you actually give a shit? <laughs> yeah. This goal that you're setting, this thing you want to have, this vision that you've created, there is absolutely no point in going through this process And if you are doing it from a place of something that you feel like you should do. So maybe the bonus question, actually, maybe I should switch this up. Instead of being a bonus question, maybe it's actually the first question we should ask once we've gone through the vision work, however, however that lands, um, perhaps written the letter to our future selves and we're in the space of creating our strategy, doing a double gut check. Do you actually give a shit? (laughs) And if the answer is yes, amazing, move forward. And if the answer is no or questionable, You know, coming from a place of I should or society wants me to or this is the way people of my age and my place are expected to be, then it's not going to be sustainable. So not to say you have to scrap the entire goal, if that's the answer that you come up with from a vulnerable place of really diving into, do I care about this? But just being aware of that and understanding what might come up for you if you are choosing to set goals and intentions from a place of somebody else told you you should be up to this.
0: Yeah, I think that's the really, really important part of go deep within yourself before you set this up. And based on that, the strategy will come easy because you just need to ask yourself those questions all over again. Also think about what you need in order to get there. If it is, yeah, like what Jamie said, sit with it and really ask yourself the bonus question. This
1: time of year, especially after all of the holiday gatherings and the delicious food that is on people's mind and in our society, how we how we look, not necessarily how we feel. I've been involved with a group. They're really great. And one of the conversations that we've had recently is this language conversation. So I think this is the last piece I would love to leave as we as we um, head out of this year and and into goal setting is the language. So when we talk about from your example, Sabina, I want I need or I want to lose weight. And someone said that one of the leaders of of this group said, well, I can cut off my arm and lose weight. Is that actually (laughs) what I mean by lose weight or do I mean feel more fit? Do I mean have more muscle and lose fat? And there's all sorts of reason to your point of why you would want to do that, right? It's better for your system. It's less taxing on your heart. It promotes longevity and actually feeling so much better when, you know, you're not Uh, in this space of excess fat that actually does not do your body as much good as, you know, having muscle. And so the language piece, I think, and this is probably something for an entire podcast in and of itself, but when you are creating these goals and in this conversation, the language is so important. So not only that bonus question of, do I actually give a shit, but how will you frame it? And so I think what you said was so spot on. Would you like, and I think we talked about a six-pack earlier in one of these episodes, would you like losing weight to be a part of it? Yes. But when we talk about losing weight, let's define it. What does that actually mean to you? Does it mean just losing weight at all costs so that when you step on the scale, it says the number that you want and it doesn't matter what your body actually looks like from a toned or defined you know, point of view or how it's functioning, for you, you just need to be 105 pounds. And so you don't care about anything else other than like what that scale tells you. If that's the case, you need to know that. Um, but if we throw around this language of I want to lose weight as our goal and don't actually define what it means for us and dig deeper into the root of the why, that can be dangerous when we're setting goals as well. So, like I said, probably something that we could talk about later on. But one thing that I work on with my clients and I am cautious of for myself and just cognizant of how my inner dialogue and my self talk is um, not leaving things unclear. Yeah. And not saying losing weight when I actually mean being more fit.
0: Yeah. And maybe we can call this differently too, to maybe not call this a goal session, but maybe a session of coming clear with yourself. Yeah, it's start, start verbalizing things and start writing them down. And if you sit deep within a bunch of stuff and it doesn't have to come to you immediately, right? You can leave this whole question and this whole vision drawing out for two weeks, for three weeks, you know, when you're ready and it will feel really good that you have your strategy written down. But I was thinking when you were sharing that is
1: it's such a good point of do you give a shit when you when you were going through this trajectory of re, you know removing what you wanted or it was what you wanted and it wasn't because you thought anybody else should do it? You made a choice for your family that in that moment, yeah, I do give a shit about this. I am excited about it. We are going to build what you had was your vision. So you, it came from a place of being grounded in what you wanted and what you really cared about and your why. And a year later, two years later, don't just go through life with a default understanding of that, right? Just because it was true and you gave a shit a year ago doesn't mean it's true for you and you give a shit now. So I think in this goal setting, not being so attached to the outcome that you created out of the gate, but being really committed to continuing the work in the sense that it's living and breathing. So if halfway through you decide you want something different and you actually want to move back to the States, that's now what's true for you. And so don't hold on to your old ideas just because you're digging your heels in of like, no, I set this goal. I'm going to do it. If you no longer give a shit about a goal you set previously, Why are you going to waste your energy on it? Pivoting when you understand that a goal you created for yourself previously no longer serves you is awesome. So congratulations. Even if it came out in a way where you were surprised and maybe (laughs) it wasn't as eloquent as you would have hoped.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's the whole thing, right? The pivoting is so, so important without the strategy. You can have a strategy but you also need to understand how you can pivot. Like if it doesn't go your way, embodying all the things that will come with it, because now we know a little bit better. And how can we get there to have a better setup? So those are long term goals. And again, you can have sections in your goal setting to write things down, write a letter to your future self and see where it takes you. And I would love if you guys could share with us some of your goals or the ways how you will get to it. Again, Jamie and I are all about small changes. So that's through her coaching, that's through my coaching as well. And we can promise you and we can tell you with confidence that we have seen the biggest changes in people when you start changing small things slowly and you progress forward. Those are the long-lasting goals you wanna have and long-lasting results. And within that journey, you learn so much about yourself and you ask the right questions. There might be also the wrong questions, but there's no wrong answer to it. And you just learn so much along the way that you will not come back necessarily for more help. Because now you have all the tools within your tool belt in order to snap back or pivot, as we mentioned. I love it. Well,
1: as we mentioned at the top of the hour, this is the last full episode that we'll record until we come back for season two in February. So there will be a bonus episode. And in my mind, it's the most hilarious episode. I think it's only six or seven minutes, (laughs) but we found a real gem of Sabina and I playing around with the recording when we were first understanding how our equipment worked and how Alatu and Captivate work. And it is the the in-the-moment, real-time version of how we came to Don't Fuck It Up. And it's pretty funny. At least I think it's funny. So hopefully it gives you a little chuckle to end the year. We're actually going to launch that Um, In celebration of New Year's Eve to say goodbye 2021 and hello to 2022 where we can be in this work of self-exploration and truly creating what it is that we want for the year and our life and our day-to-day happiness and what we're up to, how we're investing our energy and our time on a day-to-day basis. So I'm really excited to have completed. Sabina, I'm like virtually high-fiving you, but with the ending of this particular podcast episode, we fucking did it. We created an entire season and
0: I'm proud of us. So I am too. This and this has taken so much commitment so much fun so much going deep within ourselves and throwing ideas around i have gained an amazing friend with you who i talk to more than to my own dad <laughs> so i'm super excited for the next season um i'm excited to see what it's going to look like and yeah if in the meantime check out our instagram Miss Wilkin or Jamie Connell. And we have websites as well. So we will link that all into the next post. And we are just happy to connect with all of you. Yeah. Happy yep. New Year.
1: Happy New Year. If there's anything that you want to know about or talk about in season two, we're open to all suggestions as well. So Sabina mentioned it, our Instagram or our websites have our email addresses as well. So if there's anything throughout our time together that you wanted us to explore a little bit more or something completely new that you would like us to ideate around while we take January off to settle in and um, plan out what season two looks like, we would love to hear from you. So in the meantime, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Have an amazing holiday season and happy, happy new year.